Vernishta and Vrindaranya down with COVID. So I am isolated in my my cabin here <laughs> next to the cows, <laughs> hoping I don't get it for the second time. But um the uh update on my book. Book is good. Um the index was completed, sent to Vrindaranya. She did her work on it, and it's been sent to Uitasaki now. So that's pretty far along. Um, Vrindaranya returned from Finland in his trip and launch of his book, which was very successful. Today I'll be going over um, Kamalakshan Krishangi's chapter in their book, the book that I recommended that they write about the uh, nature of consciousness, ultimately, um, in an interesting, in their their interesting um, style of uh, graphic, what is it called, graphic comics? Kunishta would know. Oh, graphic novel, right? Graphic novel, right. Um, so, um, that's what I'm busy with. I did get a question, an anonymous question that I wanted to uh, address, if I may, before I take the questions. And uh, it's, a, it's a short question. Um, there are many ways to, to answer it and talk to, about it, but um, it's uh, kind of a question, kind of a kind of an assertion. Um, it's said that by some that um, monistic Vedanta or Dvaita Vedanta has an advantage over the theistic schools of Vedanta, of which there are four. Shankar is the outlier, if you will. Fifth, who is um, uh, differs from them with regard to the to uh, their theistic uh, leanings, if you will, or convictions. Uh, because he, as you know, he posits that God is uh, the Ishwar, the Avatar, and so forth, are not the ultimate feature of the Absolute. They're a provisional manifestation of Brahman with qualities in this world to help uh, people attain the um, undifferentiated absolute through uh, through bhakti. Um, so anyway, the question, the, the uh, idea goes something like this: that Advaita Vedanta is is better because it begins with what we know, whereas bhakti begins with faith. As if faith is something less than um, that which we know. We believe in something, but we don't know it. We have faith in it is the idea, but we don't know. But, but, so what does he mean? The idea is that we know that we exist. That we know. It can be said it's the only thing we know. We know that we exist. We may think other things exist, but we're not, <laughs> we know that we exist. That's our, our experience, which is um, interesting because it's a subjective experience. And we're taught to believe these days that real knowing is only arrived at by objectivity, third-person objectivity. But anyway, this is the idea. That Advaita has an advantage because it, it, it only asks of us to, to focus on what we know. Whereas Bhakti asks us to focus on something that we don't know but we could believe in, which is God. Therefore, Advaita is better as, as an, has an advantage, is the idea. Well, naturally, I disagree with that. <laughs> and um, in any number of ways, let me address a few that comes to my mind. Hmm. And um, one is that um, 
it's true that Advaita Vedanta begins with self-inquiry in one sense. Um, um, but, and, and, and it is true that we know that we exist. As I said, it's the only thing we really know. We know that we exist. But although we know that we exist, we don't know that we're everything. That we don't know. And that is a tenant of Advaita Vedanta that you have to believe in. Bhakti also begins with knowing that I exist. It doesn't, it doesn't be inquiry, if you will, begins with this. I exist. What am I? Advaita Vedanta says, I exist. Okay. What's next? What am I? Well, then from there you have to believe. <laughs> you have to have faith. You know, the scriptures say that you, that you are, you are Brahman. You're everything. You're, you're, you're not a, an individual self. You are the whole singular self. Uh, way to be done to, in one sense, begins with that. The way to be done is a discipline, a teaching, an interpretation of the scriptures hmm, that one has to believe in, uh, in order to pursue, which brings us to the point that without faith, we don't do anything. Hmm? Therefore, Krishna says in the Gita, as I often quote, what? Uh, Shraddha ayam purusha. The person is their faith. Hmm? That's what animates them. That's the animating principle in life. Hmm? And to coin the phrase, or to, excuse me, to cite the phrase of Sridhar Marsh in his uh, um, poetic way, he would say, suspicion leads to suspension, which is the antithesis of what's stated in the Gita, right? The opposite of that, which is also true. Faith as the animating principle in life, and the extent to which it is lacking in us, is the extent to which we cannot move, we become frozen, right? So at Veda Vedanta requires to pursue, which is a path to pursue in, in the pursuit of understanding not that I exist, but what am I? I exist. <laughs> that's a given. Yes, that's a given in bhakti also. I exist. Hmm. Now, the question is, what am I? Hmm. Am I everything? As is taught in Dvaita Vedanta, a particular interpretation of the sacred text. Or am I the part and parcel of, 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 of Brahman? which is taught and is a particular interpretation of the scriptures from the bhakti school. So both require the, the same amount of faith to pursue, to a- become animated and actually pursue the inquiry. We all know that we exist. It's not that the devotee doesn't know that he exists and begin there. What am I? Hmm? I exist. So what am I? Where will we go for the quest to the answer to the question? We could go any number of places, but if we go to the scripture, then there are different terp- interpretations of it. Of course, the beauty in one sense of the bhakti tradition in this regard is it tells us that we are an atma and because we are small, to speak about it in generally and in brief, we have the capacity to be overcome by maya. Veda Vedanta says you're, you're an Atma and you're big, you're Brahman, and you can be overcome by Maya. Oh, well, that doesn't sound as reasonable. If you're everything, if you're Brahman, how can you become deluded by Maya? Okay, then there's the fancy footwork of, you know, Maya doesn't really exist and so on and so forth. Veda Vedanta. But anyway, briefly on this question, we're on this point. This is, uh, how I would um, uh, respond, and furthermore, I would not uh, agree that reason is a superior means of knowing um, than faith. Faith, uh, faith properly understood. Hmm? Um, transcendental faith sheds light on the limitations, the shortcomings of reasoning. This is also true in the path of Advaita Vedanta. You can't reason your way into Brahman. 
you could reason that you are Brahman with help from from from, from the scriptures. But you can't reason your way there. Reason is a function of the uh, of the of the, of the Maya Shakti. Hmm? So, what is then the means or the way? Hmm? If the way is not reason, the way is faith, and bhakti itself is described really as different stages of faith. Hmm? From beginning faith to firm faith and fur faith confirmed and derived from taste, so on and so forth. So, just a short response to that I received from someone. I hope they're listening. With that, I'll go ahead and take your questions. Thank you very much. Let's see. Um, first question is from Uddhava from Spain. He says, in Gauralila, Sri Chaitanya comes primarily to taste Madhurya Ras. But being Krishna himself and Nityananda being Balaram, is there any moment where the where they get overtaking taken by their Sakya Ras? And if so, what are the most prominent windows in the in Gauralila to see Gornitai as Krishna Balaram? Yes, they do, of course. Um, when Nityanandapu arrived in Navadweep, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu announced to his associates that a great person has arrived and they should go and find him. I think Haridas and Srivas were... Um, were chosen to, to find that great person, but they came back um, empty-handed. They could not find him. One of the reasons is because he wasn't um, conducting himself like an important person. <laughs> so, you know, where they looked is not where he would be. Uh, but Mahabharu then took them all to, I think, I think that uh, maybe Yadunandam's house. And there he was sitting on the porch, relaxing in a rocking chair, something like that. And then um, Mahaprabhu went and showed to his devotees the importance of Nityananda Prabhu. And uh, embraced him. And they wept and uh, in one another's embrace. And Mahaprabhu sat him on his lap. Sat Nityananda Prabhu on his lap. And I believe, and I'm just thinking of something I believe, at that time Srivast was asked to, was to chant a verse and he chanted something um, from, which is typical of him, um, Sakirasa. But I, I'd have to look that up, or, or you can. Um, it might have been a little later, the occasion of the Asa Puja, which happened maybe the, the next day. Um, but at any rate, uh, when Mahabharu took him on his lap, the devotees could see an interesting and charming reversal of roles. That is, they could see that instead of Ananta Malaram holding Vishnu, Krishna, on his lap, Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was holding Balaram, Ananta, on his lap. So they could see that they were, if you will, that they were uh, Krishna Balaram, that they were wishing Ananda from an Aishvari perspective, from a Madhuri perspective, from a sweet, intimate perspective. You could see that they were Krishna and Balaram. Another story that I'm reminded of in this regard is uh, Sachi's dream. Sachi Devi had a dream. She had Krishna and Balaram deities in her house. So, in the house of Jagannath Mishra, they worshipped Krishna Balaram. And in a dream, she saw Gore and Nityananda come and throw them off the altar. 
and put themselves on the altar. She was stunned by this. And then they appeared the next, you know, in, in, in the morning after she woke. And the implication is that she had the realization, the insight, that they were Gora and Nityananda. So this was shown. These are instances that come to my mind in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nityananda showed themselves to be um, Krishna and Balaram to the devotees. But there are many other um, such instances and and this in particular was also uh, the vision of the associates of Nityananda Prabhu, the converted sector of Saptagram under the influence of Nityananda Prabhu, where so much Sakirasa uh, rose. And and you know, overall, that's the teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is Balaram and uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is Krishna. So it was the insight of of every learned uh, devotee. Um, I don't know if that satisfies you or your inquiry. We, um, we seem to want maybe some instances in which they acted like uh, Christian Balaram. Um, what comes to my mind only is the is the, is the um, the discourse, if you will, the writing of Bhakti Vinotaku and Abhagat Bhavataranga, where he describes the Gaur Nityananda going from the house after breakfast in the morning on Sankirtan. Uh, from from Mayapur to Godrum, and at that time uh, they see village coward boys in Nabadweep herding cows, and and uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, uh, becomes absorbed in Sakibhav. Hmm? And Nityananda Prabhu, seeing him, of course, does as well. And the devotees in Sakiras who are accompanying them all see themselves in swaroops as coward boys. And and the village boys talk to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And um, they see through the guise of his Brahmanhood uh, in his birth as as the Brahmin son of Jagannath and Satya. And they refer to him as Gopal and so forth. So that's a that's a beautiful uh, example of how, at times, they would, if you will, turn into Krishna and Balaram before everyone. And those with corresponding swarups would see themselves, as they said, in in coward dress. In that section, it's a beautiful section. Bhakti Minotaku gives a prayer there that is very uh, useful for um, sadhakas who are pursuing that ideal of Sakyarasta. He says, um, what does he say? Um, I sing it every day. <laughs> no, I can't, no, I can't remember. Um, um, when will my mind ekman become one with the desire to bashiva to, to live in to reside eternally in Nabadrup? Gopa Sange, Gopa Bhave Prabhu Sevasa. And in the association of Gopas, in Gopa, uh, Gopa Bhav, in the Bhav of a Gopa, I will serve Prabhu Gaur in Nabarweep. Hinadina Amar Kihoibe, Hiri Bhagavadam Shurupan. Hinadina Amar Kihoibe, when will that day come? 
When the leelas, the shuddha, shuddha, prem, uh, leelas of Nabadweep, of, of, of Godrum, I should say. Hena dina amanaki hoi beudai. Heriba Godruma leela shuddha prem amoy. Filled with prem, the leelas of Nabadweep come to mind and this desire to manifest. So this is a nice, nice prayer too. Um, employed in the pursuit. And it corresponds with an instance in which Gorn at the end turned into Krishna Bala around the corner of his eyes. Jai Ram, Jai Krishna, Jai Gaur, Jai Nityananda. What else? Uh, there's a more practical question from Ganga Shakti. She says, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj Pranam. I have never done proper archan, just a basic food offering. During Kartik, I was offering a lamp daily, and I would love to continue with some practice in this regard. I don't have any deities, only pictures. What would be a good sequence of prayers and actions? I would really appreciate some practical guidance. Thank you very much. Well, um, I don't know what deities you have, but the prayers would be ideally fine-tuned correspond with the deities. If they're gore or anything on the Prabhu, then uh, any prayers and, and praise of them would be um, appropriate. Uh, she mentioned she didn't have any deities, just pictures. Okay. Pictures of who? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but um, um Nice prayers for Gaur Nityananda are found, very nice prayers everywhere, but I would uh, recommend the Namaskar verse of uh, the second Namaskar verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita. And you can read my commentary on that in Sacred Preface. Krishna says, Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohodite Gauradai Pushprabanto Chitto Sandotam this is a offering pranam to Gaur Nityananda, or the presiding deities of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Comparing it to that of the sun and the moon, if they were to appear at the same time, how ordered, extraordinary that would be, how it would light the world, and how their appearance has um, brightened the world by dispelling the darkness of the desires for Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha, and by way of giving uh, praying. And uh, Kaviraj gives a nice, Krishnas gives a nice, of course, explanation of commentary of his own verse. And within that, he says, among other things, that the way in which they give the praying is through two Bhagavatas, the person Bhagavata and the book Bhagavata. So, Attention is drawn to them uh, through this verse as well, but that verse is there. Yeah, as I said, I've commented on commented on it extensively in Chaitanya in Sacred Preface. So I would, I would recommend you employ that verse and read it, and and in doing so, um, you are simultaneously in your mind paying your obeisances to Krishna Skavirash Goswami, who could who could say such a thing, who could give such insights so so beautifully and so poetically. And who we are, um, whose mercy we are dependent upon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to give another verse too, and what I would give would be from Chaitanya Bhagwat, but maybe that one is is enough. Chaitanya Bhagwat also gives a beautiful pranam verse to Gaur and Nityananda Prabhu. I usually chant these, both these prayers before giving a class, and I invoke in doing so the blessings of Krishna, Skavaraj Goswami. And Vrindavan Das Thakur. One of my godbrothers, Guru Kripa Maharaj, once uh, said to me, Mo Mahabodhanaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate. He spoke like that. Krishnaya, Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gora Trisenama. What do you think of when you chant this verse? I was a Brahmachari at the time. So I knew he had something in mind, you know, besides the standard, meaning it's a beautiful verse that describes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's name. His qualities, 
his form as Leela, Nam Gun Rupa Leela. And um, so, be, you know, before I could answer, or even my reluctance to answer, because I knew he had you know, some other answer in mind than the standard answer, uh, he interjected, Rupa Goswami, and I like that very much, he said. Hey, Rupa Goswami. Our mind goes to the composer of the prayer, who has given us the prayer. We can repeat it, how much do we understand it? It arose in someone's heart as a realization, an insight. And so it has great power. So uh, that verse from Chaitanya Charge, and we'll save the one from Chaitanya Bhagavad for later. That's a whole other, you know, expression. But this is a very powerful verse. So I would recommend this verse for pranams to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu. And, um, and typically then, um, uh, we offer Dupa, Deepa, Pushpa. You can do that. So, first offer incense, then, then the lamp, Dup, Deep. Hmm? We say, um, Eshadupa, Kringo, Nitanandaya, Namaha. And then offer, offer the incense. Eshadipa, Kringo, Nitanandaya, Namaha. And deeper, the lamp. Mm-hmm. And of course, then when you offer the, when you offer the, the dupa, the dupa is a scent. The scent comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. The earth is one of the material coverings. And the earth is something I'm standing on, also giving me support. May I not, I'm offering the scent, in a a sense, I'm offering, I'm standing on on the earth from which the scent comes, that I'm offering. May I stand on it, walk on it, move on it, only for your, for your, your pleasure, something like that. Desha Deepa, an offer of light. Krishna says in the Gita, what does he say? Jnana Deepena Vashvata. So, this is the fourth, fourth of the four, Chatushlok, fourth of the four essential verses of the Gita. What does he say? How does it begin? Jnana Deepena Vashvata. There, the light is, is mentioned. He gives the light and dissipates the darkness of the devotee's separation from him, the pangs of separation. So we offer the lamp. We think of this this fourth verse. That's the tenth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. It's supposed to be eight, nine, ten, maybe eleventh verse there. Hmm. Does it go? Somebody has it on me. Um, I have it. I have the verse, Maharaj. Um Yes. So with the light of knowledge, and this is the knowledge of bhakti, he destroys the ignorance of which in the higher sense is the is the separation that the devotees feel and, and pass through in order to uh, attain union in love with Bhagavan. So Whenever I offer the lamp, then in my mind, I, I chant this verse. You are the light. Here I am offering a light to you. Mm-hmm. Right? And I put light on you with the light of light of everything. And it lights the hearts, ultimately, of the devotees and destroys their separation. May I, make, may I enter into a union of love with you. So, dupa, deepa, and then a nice flower. Pushpa mm-hmm. also. You can offer these things in your food. Um, this is good in that prayer and um, and and then typically we offer we take the position of permission of our Gurudev hmm? to say hmm? and taking your permission Guru and Guru Parampara to engage in the service of the Lord. Let me proceed. Mm-hmm. And then 
then we offer the items to Gaur, for example, Nityananda, Radha, and Krishna. And then, um, or Krishna and Balaram, or all, all of them. And then after that offering, as I mentioned, Dupa, Deepa, Pushpa, then we offer them back to the Guru. So, Aisha Dupa, Aim Guravenama, Aisha Dupa. Asha deeper, Asha dupa in Guru Ven, Asha dupa in Guru Ven, so forth. And then uh, when you offer the Bogi Dham Naivedyam, you just mean I'm offering, uh, let me offer, may I offer this, these foodstuffs? Idam Naivedyam, Klim Gornatinandayanamaha. Idam Naivedyam, Aim Guru Venamaha, like this. That's a good beginning. Uh, that's a little, you have to listen to this a few times, I suppose, to remember that. Maybe get some help from, from God brothers or God sisters who are a little more familiar, but I hope that helps. Thank you, Guru Marsh. Let's see. Um, Sad, we had this question a few weeks back, but there are always other questions. So she asks, asks I'm wondering, if Ramalila is in the mood of Aishvarya, how is it possible that there was this Mataji in the same Leela who offered chewed berries to Ramchandra? It looks very much like spontaneous service instead of Aishvarya. I'm not that familiar with Ramalila to remember that story. It's a nice one. Thank you for reminding us of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Our concern here, or our perspective here, with regard to Aishvarya, is in terms of the opportunity that Ram Lila affords us to enter into Ayodhya. And that is through the example of Anuman, who is in Dasya Bhakti, and whose Dasya has, uh, is imbued with Aishvarya for Ram. Um, what I mean to say by that is, well, Lakshman is there. He's Balaram. He has Sakya for, for Ram. Kukshali is there. Uh, she has uh, Batsalya. Sita is there. She has Madhurya. But these examples of Madhurya of Vatsalya, of Sakya, the likes of which we don't find in worship of Narayan. Hmm? The worship of Narayan, the active worship of Narayan is all in Dasya. Dasya. Hmm? Yes, Lakshmi is there, but Lakshmi and Narayan are worshipped together. Really. They're worshipped together. Um, in Ram Lila and Ram Avatar, we actually find he has a mother. I mean, Narayan doesn't have a mother, Vaikuntha. And he has a he has his brothers, Lakshman in particular, Balaram is there, friendly. Um, as I said. And then um uh, of course Sita's Love is, is similar, but a little different than, than Lakshmi. So, in particular, we see, we see this Batalya and we see, um, Sakya, but we don't see them, they're not presented as an opportunity for us to participate in that way, you know, to love Ram in that way. The example is Hanuman. Mm-hmm. Um, so there may be persons in the Leela who, who, who um, have more intimate relationships with Ram that um, do not involve the same kind of Aishvarya that pervades the Leela comparatively, compared to Krishna Leela. But they're not opportunities for us to associate with Ram in that way. 
that, that window has not been um, opened to us, if you will. Hanuman is the way. Hmm. So, Dasya Bhakti. Hmm. And also, Ayodhya, one of the locos or realms of, of, of Vaikuntha, is not in any way considered different from Vaikuntha. Hmm. That means Dasyabhav. It's everyone there enters into Dasyabhav. Although there are a couple of strange examples that are important. Whereas, compared to Guloka, Jiva Goswami gives reference to some other Puranas speaking of a Maha Vaikuntha. Compared to Vaikuntha, a Maha Vaikuntha. This is a Guloka. This is a separate. About which, the people of Vaikuntha don't know. You don't know about that realm. They know about the Prakat Leela of Krishna, the manifest Leela of Krishna. That's a charming. Yes, yes, yes. But but when you come to the Aprakat, to the spiritual world itself, there's no such friendship there that you can enter into with Bhagwan. There's no motherhood you can have for Bhagwan. The Prakat Leela with, with the Krishna yeah, that is possible, but yeah. otherwise, no. Uh, so this is why we emphasize, one of the reasons we emphasize Krishna is too, Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna is the source of Narayan. Mm-hmm. Um, because then then he has his own abode. And then there, in the Sakya Rasa, the Madhuri Rasa, the Vatsali Rasa, that's manifested in Prakatlila, has his place in the, in, 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 in Goloka, which it should. Anything that from the Prakat Leela must have its, its place in the Aprakat Leela in some form. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, we, and we know that even from verses. So in, there was a, you can take a verse about Vatsalya Bhakti, for example, and chant it, and Vatsalya Bhakti will manifest. So it's also unmanifest. It's in the unmanifest. But the, of course, the unmanifest Leela, Aprakat Leela, proceeds with regard to Krishna from Kishore. It proceeds from moves like those others are there, more abstract sense. Um, that means others means Poganda, Kumar. Uh, um, so. So, yeah, there may be some examples of something like that. Giving berries to Ram from your own mouth sounds quite interesting. Um, but it's uh, an exception. And um, it doesn't give us an opportunity for that. And it doesn't turn, I should say, Ram Leela into... Um, into a human-like Leela in the way that Krishna Leela is human-like. Yes, well, you can say Ram is also human, but he's he's not human. <laughs> you, you can't be so dharmic as, as, as Ram. He drives you crazy. He's too dharmic. Hmm? Uh, humans can't be like that. Krishna's flawed. There's no flaw in, 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 in Ram. He's, he's perfect. Morally, absolutely perfect. Krishna's moral, his moral, moral compass is in question, right? Brought into question. So that's, that's, that's human life, right? <laughs> human life means, uh, you know, it's human. I'm only human, right? Exactly. He's only human. Ram is not like that. He's a Vaikuntha person. But it's, 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 it's the place that Vaikuntha's eyes is Pointing in the direction of that possibility, that the, this, that the possibility of motherly love or friendly love or intimate romantic love exists. Is, it, there's a, is there any? Can we look a little further? That's interesting. Look a little further. How do we find ourselves in Goloka? Right? Which is by the grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Who would know about these things? It's not that they're not there in the scripture, but who can draw them out? Who has that kind of Sumedasa, that kind of theistic Sukriti and sensibility to to uh, 
bring out such insights. This is the contribution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his, his followers. What else? Uh, Purushottam Das has a follow-up question. He says, Hare Krishna, um, regarding the, the follow-up is regarding the worship of Gornitai. When I chant Japa in front of Gornitai, what mood is most pleasing to their lordships? It's easy for me to connect to the mood of Gornityananda when performing Sankirtan for them or going on Harinam, but how does uh, that apply to Nam Japa? First of all, um, Japa of Nam has two sides to it. Um, if the Japa is silent or is um, whispering, bumps, I think is the word, um, then it is an unga or a limb of of smarnam so um, amongst the the angas of bhakti or the, the, the limbs of the body of bhakti um, some are primary and those have subcategories so we have shravanam kirtanam vishnu smarnam parasevan Maybe subcategories. So, for example, there are subcategories to kirtan. There's lila kirtan, there's nam kirtan, guna kirtan, um, and so on and so forth, right? Uh, so within smarnam, when japa of, of the na, of the name, the holy name is done silently or whispering, you can hear a little bit, but others cannot. That is an anga of gyan, or excuse me, of, 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 of smaranam, dhyan. Hmm? However, when the job is done out loud, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram, Hare. Then it becomes an, a sub-anga of kirtan. Therefore, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, often, Haridas Thakur's Japa, which he's famous for, has been referred to in the text itself as Sankirtan. So there's no difference. Hmm? We chant the holy name in public, for example, with instruments and others, or if we chant at home by ourselves aloud on beads, both of these are considered um from the references I've given, um, can be considered Sankirtan. So why should there be any difference in how you think? Now, I don't know how you, you're thinking when you're talking about Sankirtan. Maybe you're thinking of, you're giving it to the public and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu want to do that and you're involved in that and that way you're more identifying with them. Perhaps that's how you're thinking, I'm not sure. Whereas sitting home alone, uh, it's not the case, and so forth. But I think that um, the spirit, the mood behind the, behind the Sankirtan should be with, there should be some reflection on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's verses. I don't know if you've read my commentary on Shikshastakam. If not, I would recommend that. But this is a commentary on, on the principal means, the method to the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is Nam Sankirtan. There are different stages in that and so forth. So I would, I would, uh, suggest that you study Shikshastakam. Um, and, um, and I have given a commentary following the lead of Bhaktivinoda in that Bhaktivinoda saw the verses as a gradation, as, as, as a, as a, uh, as a discourse on or, uh, on the different stages of Bhakti. Different uh, verses of, of Shikshastakam corresponding with different stages. I've elaborated considerably upon that kind of um, insight, if you will, of Bhaktivinoda. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Um, we begin, for example, with with cleansing the heart. So you know, it's one thing to go on Sankirtan and in the public and think I'm giving it, it to everybody, uh, but it's probably more appropriate to think I'm trying to get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm singing it in public, so that every uh, uh, it'll be more difficult for me to hide from 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 it. I'm saying I'm saying it publicly. Uh, uh, Gaur and Adinanda are great. Ram and Krishna are great. Radha and Krishna are, are, are the highest ideal. I'm saying it to everyone. And by saying it out loud, it'll be harder for me to, to, to forget about that myself. Right? I've gone and announced it publicly. Just like in India, when you get married, then in Vrindavan, you've got a big parade and you got a the man's got a ride on a mule and you know, have his head all decked out with a big turban and the Burma band is there playing the trombones and the, and the big kettle drums and everything like that. Everything stops in the streets of Indaban for the wedding. And they're announcing, this guy is with this gal. So, you know, makes it harder for them to go with somebody else, right? <laughs> so, so you go out in the public and you're announcing through chanting the holy names, your own convictions in this. You're expressing your own convictions and when we express our own convictions, when it comes out of our own mouth, then it's harder for us not, not, not to pay attention. And with regard to giving it to others, well, you know, we can only give as much as we have, right? So, we, we, we want to give by, by getting, by attaining. Let us become pure. Let us go on some kirtan that we may find someone who can help us. It's a plea. Um, and you may go and chant, and some devotee maybe may have been who's more advanced than you, but covered momentarily for yoga or so, and then he comes in touch with your kirtan, comes to life, right? And becomes a mentor of yourself. It's possible. I've seen it happen. So um, I would, anyway, uh, myself, go on some kirtan in the public, whether it be. Extended form of that, as we think of it in Bhakti Bhopari, by distributing books or doing kirtan for my own um, purification. And um, I chant japa same idea in line and in, you know, in, in the lower, lower sense would be the, the idea. Um, that said, uh, Jiva Goswami has given a dhyan or a, a, a meditation, if you will, a, um, a vision um, for chanting the uh, the holy name of Krishna, and he says there that the the, the dhyan behind the chanting of your uh, the holy name in Japa is that I, I my guru has given me this mantra nam mantra and. Uh, by the chanting, may I uh, enter in to and become an associate of yours within the Virgin Lila. That could be refined as a friend, as a lover, um, as may be the case in consultation with our Guru. So this is the this is the Dhyan. I've written about this in my forthcoming book at some length. Um, so that may be a little different than how you're thinking on Sankirtan, but I hope it's helpful. I would be happy to talk with you more about that. this. Um, it's, a, it's a significant, important topic, and I do appreciate the question, but those are some thoughts that come to my mind at, at the moment. I hope it's helpful. Thank and you. We chant, chant for the pleasure of Krishna. Ram and Krishna, Radha and Krishna, Gornitinanda, for their pleasure. I'll tell you another short story that I, 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 I've told this before that I was uh, standing next to Prabhupada. I used to have this place in Los Angeles, in New Dwarka. Like my footprints were like burned in the marble there next to Prabhupada, <laughs> just to the right of him on his Vyasasan where he would sit every morning and give Bhagavatam class. And I would stand through the class and through the Kirtan, um, Artik, 
So anyway, I was standing there and probably chanting Jayarada Madhava. And so I'm chanting Jayarada Madhava's response. And I thought, uh, these names, they, they just mean so much to him. All that they mean to him, that I, I, I cannot draw out the same extent, what, it, what, what the uh, uh, same measure of meaning and in, insight and implication that causes him to tremble like this and weep uh, upon chanting. But here I am chanting. So let me chant just for his pleasure. I mean, it's kind of like a spontaneous thinking came to my mind. Let me chant just to please Prabhupada. I'm right next to his right ear chanting Jairada Madhava. And Prabhupada turned to me with his, you know, his eyes would become big and looked at me with big eyes like this. And, you know, and, and I became you know, uh, absorbed in the abhas of bhava. You know, and my hair is standing on end. And then uh, um I assume the proper was pleased. And then after the class, there would be typically a short kirtan. And so two sannyasis were there and they began to kind of jostle back and forth who would grab the microphone and lead the kirtan. And as they were doing that, the prophet stopped them and said, no, let this boy sing. He pointed to me. <laughs> All eyes came at me and I was, here I was to lead the kirtan. The prophet was pleased with that. Next morning, Prabhupada did the same thing. He said, let this boy sing. Two mornings in a row. So he was, so I know that Prabhupada was pleased by my thinking. Let me chant for the pleasure of Prabhupada, for the pleasure of Gauranatananda, for the pleasure of Radhakrishna. So this is how we should think. Jai Harinam Prabhupada Jai. Okay, the next question is from uh, Kendra. He says, what are some of the main lessons we should take from the pastimes of the pastime of Ritashura's appearance, speech, and actions as they are described in the sixth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam? Well, that's a long, important section of the Bhagavatam. And so there are many lessons there. We don't have a lot of time, but um, the best lesson... In that section, it comes from the prayers of Ritrasura, which Jiva Goswami underscores as, a, as an example of Raghavakti. Raghavakti. I believe the most significant of those prayers is when Ritrasura compares himself to a baby bird who can't fly. He's talking about his mind. And may, may my mind be fixed on you like a baby bird who cannot fly because its wings aren't developed and depends on its mother. Or like a cow, a calf that, that is focused entirely on the udder of the cow or, or sustenance, completely dependent, uh, or like a like a wife, as in the passing of her husband, thinks only of only of him entirely. So there's a gradation in these three examples. He cites one, then he wants to improve it, so he cites another. The bird and the calf, and, and the wife, and that would be satisfied with the last one. So the defect in the first one, of course, is that the, the baby bird is dependent upon the mother, but um, also on ins- on insects which it will eat. The, the calf is dependent on the cow, and the udder is non different from the cow, but different from the cow at the same time. So her focus is on the udder rather than on the calf entirely, even though it's closer, right? Insects are different than the, than the mother bird, more so than the udder is different from the cow, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's different. So then he sets the last example. The wife, that, that believe like the husband has passed away. 
something like that. And the idea is this, nothing else, only the presence of the husband can, can satisfy uh, the uh, wife. Nothing else, nothing else at all. Indeed, in his absence, she dies. You know that um, Kamdev, Cupid of uh, Hinduism, Kamadev, his carrier is is the um, the green parrot. Curious, hmm? but the, the green parrot is um, characteristically they go in, in pairs. Hmm? They fly everywhere in pairs. The green parrot, male and female, hmm? always to, they're always together. Hmm? It's interesting because overtly Cupid is like. You know, attracting people in different ways, in some ways to separate even from their wife and go with a, a paramour and so on and so forth. But his carrier is the parrot, the green parrot, who always stays with his, with his wife. They're, they're, the green parrot, the male is, um, monogamous, right? Monogamous. So it's an advocacy, an indirect advocacy of monogamy. Is the carrier, uh, monogamy is the carrier of Cupid. Mm-hmm. And so the attraction that Cupid, if you will, accommodate brings about should be so strong that it can never, that it, it, it can't be broken. And what happens with green parrots, uh, typically, is that when the, uh, one partner dies, shortly thereafter the other one dies. He or she, in this case, she, giving the example of which is her, can't live. So, uh, such verses are cited by Jiva Goswami Bhaktisandarva, um, as examples of how Vitrasura is teaching Rag Bhakti through his prayers. Mm-hmm. Rag Bhakti sensibilities come out in him. And this example of the mother dying, or the husband dying and the mother pining for his uh, wife, excuse me, pining for his connection, which is is not going to happen. It's not going to come back from death, but nothing else can satisfy. So she dies too. Is it is kind of the spirit of exclusive rag bhakti that uh, we should um, try to uh, imbibe or try, we should understand is um, how uh, the, the measure of the absorption that uh, that that Krishna, our object of love, corresponds with. What is the measure of that devotion? And typically, the Rag Bhakti. There's a spectrum in Rag Bhakti that can extend uh, out, out beyond the Braj. But Rupa Goswami is centered on the Rag Bhakti, the Braj. So I believe um, for this reason, the Vritrasura, the story of Vritrasura is mentioned in other Puranas, and there may be a semblance of a mention of it also in the Vedas themselves. After all, the Puranas are retelling the stories of the Vedas and the lessons of the Vedas um, and the Upanishads and so forth. Uh, uh, but uh, it may be, but I'm sure it's there in other Puranas, at least by mention, and it is, and the mention is that these several other Puranas, they glorify the Srimad Bhagavatam. And they say it is characterized like this, by 18,000 slokas, such and such and such and such, and by the story of Ruttasura, and by the story of Ruttasura. And there the story of Ruttasura is found. So these Puranas are emphasized, why are they emphasizing this, uh, this, uh, this story? Well, this is a real Gaudiya kind of answer to the question, because if we look very carefully at, at the prayers of of, uh, of Ritrasura, who was a, actually a devotee, but had to take birth as an Asura for reasons. It's very complicated. And there are many, many lessons there. Um, uh, look carefully there, we find Rag Bhakti, which is ultimately what the Bhagavatam is about. So other Puranas, he pointed to the Bhagavatam and uh, characterizing it, among other things, as, as that 
Quran in which the story of which Yisrael is told are characterizing it in one sense, as, in this sense, as a, as a, as it, as itself does as well directly, a Ras Shastra. Rasa Shastra. And Shastra promoting, advocating, focusing on, 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 on Raghavakti. So that's, I mean, it's, uh, that's a long story. There are many different lessons. Uh, maybe I'll take a look at it. I haven't looked at it in a long time. Maybe I'll take a look at those chapters from the sixth canto and, uh, comment further on other lessons that can be taken, but that's taking it real higher and, and, and goldier and, and, um, and again, uh, from the prayers of Richard Sir, you can, you can find a reference in Bhakti Sindarbha regarding that Bhakti. Thank you all very much. Very kind to engage me. Hope to be with you next week. Thank you very much. Good day.